which is the highest possible level. You're listening to What's Mine Is Yours, a podcast series as part of This Egg's Mother Earth International. Mother Earth International is a project that has been created by teams across the world. Today's episode comes from Denmark. This episode contains discussions around the climate emergency. Our interviews were conducted remotely with an international team. You may hear some background noises and variation in mic quality. Sometimes there are overlapping voices. Sometimes sound and music will play at the same time as people speaking. Jeg hedder Tanja. Hun hende. Jeg har langt brunt hår. Jeg har ret store runde briller. Jeg er ret tynd og lidt høj eller sådan middelhøj. Lys hud. Jeg kommer fra Sverige, men jeg bor i Danmark, og jeg har været i klimakrisen siden 1990, så jeg er 31 år gammel. My name is Tanya, she, her. I have long brown hair, big round glasses, quite pale skin. I'm quite thin and tall. And I come from Sweden, but I live in Denmark. And I've lived through the climate emergency for 31 years, soon to be 32. Today is Wednesday, the 14th of September 2022. And it's 11.09 in the morning. So I live in Copenhagen, which is a quite old city, or it still has a lot of its old buildings mashed or mixed together with very new architecture, which Denmark is quite famous for, which can be quite provoking in a way. It has a lot of water, it's very close to the water, which means that it's also very windy. Copenhagen and Denmark in general is very, very flat, uh, which makes it great for biking. So you'll see a lot of people biking rather than uh, being in the car. So I grew up in a small city in Sweden, close to Gothenburg, so close to the west coast. We lived right next to a big forest, so I grew up very much in contact with nature in many ways, walking through the forest to school every day, playing in small water places and building caves and using the imagination of the magic forest, which is very much in the Swedish kind of storytelling. So imagining trolls and fairies, these kinds of things. So I actually haven't been back to this small village since. I imagine it's quite the same. I think change comes maybe lastly to those small places. So I can't really say much about it. I can say about where we moved to when I was 16. It was again very close to a very big nature preserve area, quite also in the middle of the nature in a way. And since we moved there in 2006 or seven, houses have emerged in the on this whole hill where it was before, maybe not forest, but at least it was
was more rural, buildings have emerged and uh, new homes have been built in a very different style than our house, let's say, which is a bit more old style with logs. The climate emergency in Denmark hasn't arrived yet, which I think is part of the emergency here that you cannot see the changes yet. It's not close enough yet for people to actually yet consider it an emergency, which is a problem in itself. I think there is an emergency in the lack of nature and the trend that is happening now or still or ongoing that nature continues to be ripped up to build new housing or highways or bridges or tunnels, all kinds of infrastructures, which is not considering the little nature left in Denmark, which is just around 2% because there has been so much agriculture happening in Denmark through the history. So when did I first become aware of the climate crisis? I think I must have started to realize that something is going on when I was a teenager, but I didn't really reflect on it then because maybe it wasn't as pressing as it is now and it wasn't talked about in the same way. When I feel that I really became aware of the climate crisis was about three years ago when I started working artistically with environments. And that's when I realized something was very wrong. And that's when about half a year later, I decided to join an activist organization or movement to do something about it. And since then, it's just hit after hit after hit understanding what a big crisis it really is. So I think the time or place that makes the climate emergency feel real to me is especially when I am in action with other climate activists, because it becomes so clear that we are a few people, at least, who dare to take more radical action in the eye of the public. And it makes it so clear how little knowledge there is, how much resistance there is in Denmark still to really start acting on the climate crisis. Also reading or watching images from other parts of the world where it's already happening, that's when I it hits me so hard and I feel so touched and touched is the wrong word, but I, I, I feel the emergency through them and I empathize so much with what I see or read or hear. Me and the people around me are quite aware and we're trying to do as much as possible to be proactive in a way. And also in general, as an artist, I think because of your economic situation and um, other circumstances, you can't really afford 
to make a very big CO2 footprint, for example, uh, because you need to keep your lifestyle a bit cheaper. In terms of climate consciousness, people around me are becoming more and more aware. And I've also gotten in contact, of course, I've gotten to know more people who are very aware and who, for example, choose to bike to work, even though it's very far, or invest in a very good electric bicycle instead of buying a car. It's interesting in Denmark about climate consciousness because there are a lot of resistance in general towards these changes. For example, the meat industry here is huge. These uh, big companies that produce these meats have also done a very good job of making it seem like the animals are doing well and it's a good thing for Denmark to be uh, investing in those industries. Recycling here has not existed for very long, so people find it very difficult and annoying to have to separate your trash, for example. It seems like banal things, but I think those banal things could lead to more climate consciousness. And right now there's, yeah, like I said, still a quite big resistance as I see it towards those changes. So I feel a lot of things <laughs> about the future and at different points in time as well. Sometimes I do feel hopeful, sometimes I feel hopeless. I think the closer the climate crisis will come to Europe and to the local populations, maybe, or that's my hope, that people will realize and start, especially the government and big companies, for example, to take the necessary measures and encourage the public to also make those necessary changes. So I, it's with very mixed emotions that I look towards the future. It is important for me to act on the climate emergency because we are already seeing the changes. Maybe not here in Denmark, um, maybe not as much in Europe yet as in other places on the planet. But we see those changes and if we feel them or not, um, just to acknowledge them and see the, and start putting pressure, especially on our government, on the big oil companies or the big industries that are the biggest cause for the climate changes, to make sure that we as a species will survive, but also to take responsibility for all other species and all other life on Earth. To say that we have a responsibility because this is basically our fault that we have ended up where we are now. So to take that responsibility seriously and say that, okay, we've made many mistakes throughout the centuries, but now we need to start to do what we can to not at least make it worse than it is. There are many things that make me feel hopeful, especially seeing that more and more people become invested and join different organizations or movements that are fighting for sustainability and uh, biodiversity is beautiful. It makes me feel hopeful to think that we as a species want to survive. And we saw it now during Corona when uh, COVID-19 arrived, the necessary measures were taken to prevent death or at least limit it.
I know that change is possible. People are capable of changing their lifestyles to avoid crisis. I do have hope that we can still make it somehow. Det ger mig hopp om framtiden att folk begynner mer och mer att aktivera sig själva och gå med i olika rörelser eller organisationer som kämpar för klimaträttfärdighet och biodiversitet. Det ger mig hopp och faktiskt har varit igenom en kris för inte så lång tid sedan som hette Covid-19, där regeringen gick ut och faktiskt begränsade vårt liv och förändrade vårt liv i en period för de vi var nødt til at gøre, hvad vi kunne for at begrænse den krise. Og at vide, at den forandring kan ske for, øh, i samfundet, giver mig håb om, at det også kan komme til at ske med klimakrisen. This episode has been produced by Alice Boyd and Josie Dale-Jones, with music by composers of Mother Earth International and sound design by Alice Boyd. For more information about the project and our collaborators, visit us at www.mothereartheinternational.org. You will also find transcripts and graphic recordings of this episode on the website. Mother Earth International is supported by British Council's Creative Commissions for Climate Action, a global programme exploring climate change through art, science and digital technology.